Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of Podcateers. The topic of this episode isn't necessarily new, but it's a really cool one, um, and it's it's really fun. The Pixar theory basically tries to explain how all of the Pixar movies are not only in the same universe, but they're actually all in the same timeline as well. It's a very cool concept, and we absolutely love it, and if you're a fan of the Pixar movies, we think you guys are going to love it too. Uh, if you want to read uh, our notes about this episode or any of the others, head over to podcateers.com. There you will find not only the notes on this uh, and other episodes, but you, you can also listen to full episodes, interact with other listeners. Uh, you can check out the achievements and the gear page for more Podcateer stuff. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher to help us out in the rankings. Please share us with your friends and head over to Facebook.com slash and hit the little blue thumb to like our page. Uh, if you're looking for us on Instagram and Twitter, we are at Podcateers. So that's it. Quick intro. Uh, we hope you guys enjoy the Pixar Theory uh, for episode 29 of Podcateers. This is our podcast. It's about three guys that love Disney, technology, art, and food. This is Podcateers. Bear, bear, bear. The bear is the word. The bear, bear, bear. The bear is the word. The bear is the word. Hey, did you hear? What? The beer's the word. Bear, bear, bear. The bear is the word. That was dumb. Ah, I miss beer so much. Um, soon. I, I'm gonna tell you guys. I'm yeah. kind of jealous that you guys are having some right now. You know, honestly, can you want to take a shot? No, of this? no. I'm almost done with all the antibiotics and everything. So I'm sure you can. Do I'm gonna be beer. a good boy, and I'm gonna wait until next week. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I kind of feel bad that I can't say. Salute. Happy New Year, guys. Cheers. Oh, happy New Year. Happy hey, New let's year. Yeah, me and you toast. Oh, you're no, right. Happy toast. New Year. I have soda. I can no. toast. Sure. It, it won't, it's not going to clank, but yeah. whatever. Clank, but hey, happy Salute. New Year, guys. Hey, seriously, happy New Year. Happy New Year. And thank you for the beer. Oh, no problem. What are you guys drinking? Uh, I don't know, but it's delicious. No, but what is it called? It It's called Snapple Alcohol. <laughs> Snapple Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> really, what is it? It's Blue Moon uh, Seasonal. Peach. It's a seasonal. It is the first peach ale by Blue Moon. Yes, it and looks good. Uh, rich I remember with peachness. Uh, I remember Hangar Twenty Four uh, put out a seasonal apricot beer called Polycot mm-hmm. that was very very tasty. Yeah. Okay, so this is better because I tried that one. Really? Yeah. Is this one sweeter or what? Makes it, it is sweeter. Actually, it yeah. is sweeter. Is it? Yep. Does it taste like peach? Yes. Yeah. And it and it stays with you and it's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Save me one. Yeah, it's pretty good. Save me one. I can't sure promise that. A little, little sweet. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna be a good boy. I'm gonna wait. Is that your New Year's resolution? No. To be a good boy? No. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something about New Year's resolutions. What's that? I think they're BS. What do you mean they're BS? Um, I don't believe in them. Because I you never just, follow through, or kind of like I kind of feel like it's one of the and. I know people are going to be like, well, that's all you. You're the one that doesn't follow them. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. But You sound like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? But I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like every time I've, I, I've had better success just kind of getting to the point 
It doesn't matter when it is in the year where I'm just like, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm, I'm going to stop this or I'm going to do this. Right. And that's why the podcast didn't start in January and we started last June. <laughs> <laughs> but we started talking about it in January. We did. And see how that New Year's resolution went? <laughs> I guess, well, I guess if it was a New Year's resolution and it eventually started, oh, man, I just got proved wrong by myself. Mm, six months later. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of feel like people generally <coughs> don't tend to follow through on them. I mean, I get where you're going with that. I mean, you don't need a time and a place to kind of set something up like that. But the truth is, a lot of people just kind of need it. And at the end of the day, the New Year's resolution really is just kind of a goal. Regardless yeah. of you putting a time frame on it or whatever, you're still trying to set that goal. And I respect that about people. Very true. Heard. Very true. So you have none? No. I mean, if... If my resolution is to work hard and mm -hmm. try to, you know, become a better person, mm -hmm. then I guess you can call it a resolution. But again, you have a long way think, to go to. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man, this guy. <laughs> be a better person, though. <laughs> this guy. It's like, you know, to be halfway to human, you got a few years, <laughs> you buddy. You got a few years. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I have any. What about you guys? Uh, kinda. What do you have? Uh,. How to be a better human, too? To Actually, you're not too far from the truth. It's like, I know to I'm shave. a... shave. <laughs> no. That ain't never going to happen. Your mom wants happen. to see your face. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to drop that. <laughs> okay. You're not too far away from that, but I know oh I'm God. already good. Wait, hold on. What are you drinking? Because that smells fantastic. What? Uh, this is actually the fourth beer Oma Gang has released in the Game of Thrones series. Oh, man. It's oh. a Dubel ale. Game of Thrones called has Valar beer? Morgulis. Yes. Hmm. They actually released four different versions already. Um, one came out for each season premiere, which I don't get why this one's released yet, because Game of Thrones, the next season, hasn't debuted yet. This just came out last month, and it is fantastic, by the way. Probably because they saw the popularity of the last three releases. It could hmm. be. Or they just have something else planned. Um, Valar Morgulis is uh, Valerian on the show. It translates to All Men Must Die. So they have to have something else planned, like for the upcoming season. That when the season starts, you all die from <coughs> drinking it? It's possible. I'm being knocked out right now. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm going to tell you, uh, no secret, I know I've mentioned it before, I'm not a big, I'm not a Game of Thrones fan at all. I right. can't even say I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan. I've just I'm never not a watched fan it. at all. You yeah, should. I've... It's never been in me to say, I want to watch this. Is that HBO? Yeah. Yes. I can't afford HBO. <laughs> I know. I, I can't either. Uh, we're not all rich like Mario. Like Mario. Um, fancy pants. Fancy beer. I can tell you. Fancy clothes. Sitting here. <laughs> fancy I can Erica. smell it. It smells it good. It smells good. It's amazing, right? Like there's this, like, it, it's, it's. I can't even describe it. Like I kind of get this like citrusy, hoppy, peppery smell yeah, coming correct. from it. Like, what you, is it made with? And you get the hints of, like, the caramel at the beginning, right? If you're just kind of, like, passing it through. You get kind of the fruit um, swallowing, and then you feel that burn once it's actually swallowed. So you're right. You actually actually touched on that pretty well. Oh, yeah. That smells mm. so good. I want some. The only thing it. you can't really pick up on is the caramel, but I'll bring a bottle next week if you want to try it. What's, uh, what's that bottle cost? $15. Whoa. What is it? Like a liter? Or how, how big is it? Um, roughly. Like a pint or so, or is it a liter? What is it? Like, no, it's a pint. You're right. Is it a pint? Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's a, that's a 12-pack of it's Blue like Moon. Half a tank of gas, bro. Seriously. <laughs> or one of these, and it's oh amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
Well, yeah. you you have money, so you know I was a I was a really <laughs> big fan. I was a really big fan of the um, Abby Dubells and all the the uh, the collaborations that Sierra Nevada had done. Yes, uh, a year or so ago, mm-hmm. and. I ended up keeping a bottle without opening it just kind of for posterity's sake because mm. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, if I remember, I'll post a picture of it so we could put it um, on the website. But All right. Good idea. Yeah. Some of those collaborations and some of these um, Dubels are just so delicious. Yep, They're absolutely. so tasty. Mm. So, Javier, what were we talking about? Your resolutions? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. Your resolutions. <laughs> uh, we could skip that. It's fine. No, no. I want to hear what you No, no. Saying. You don't care. You want to talk about beer. It's cool. No, no. no, no I want to hear what list. your resolutions are. Come on, buddy. All right. No more interruptions? No, no. No more. I want to hear what you got to say. I want to make this podcast. This hey, little... was this beer like <laughs> part of a sampler? <laughs> was the peach one part Let of a sampler? Let him talk. <laughs> Dude, I'm already a couple in, so relax. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make this podcast better. But you're so perfect already. <laughs> yeah. Right? How do you perfect? No, no. I want to perfect you two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm kidding. You guys are awesome. You too, buddy. I just want you both at my level. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not everybody can be Javier Stern. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, making the podcast better is, is definitely something. Yeah. I guess uh, if I was to kind of add to yours, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe have more <coughs> interactions with people. True. I like that it. is you know, something I would like to do. Um, I, I read the posts and, you know, I need a reply and do stuff like that. Yeah. That'd be I, good. I know we kind of mentioned it before, but doing like the meetups, like for the movies and stuff oh, like that, perfect. I would love to do stuff like perfect, that. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's a resolution, but I do want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else or? Uh, I guess with uh, meeting people, I would like to get an annual pass this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd be good. Right. Yeah, yeah. You can't meet the fans without the pass. <laughs> yeah. He could, but he'd be really sad at the yeah. gate. It's like, hi, guys. <laughs> Bring me a churro. We wouldn't. No. Oh. <laughs> we go to the gate and just eat it in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> Let me smell it, guys. <laughs> How's it smell, Javier? How's it smell? <laughs> it smells so yummy. Sugary. That's cool. Yeah, getting a getting a pass would be good. That would be good. That's pro- That should actually be at the top of my list, actually. It should, Probably. because that way we can go ride rides together. <coughs> We can squeeze into like the Matterhorn bobsleds and be completely uncomfortable while we're riding it together. I'm not getting on the track. <laughs> it derails. <laughs> all the way to the front. <laughs> so that's funny. Cool, man. Cool. I Thanks. like that. Anything else, or is that kind of? Uh, I, I had another one, but it's dumb. Go on. No, go on. I want to catch up on my DVR. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's actually not a bad one. It's not a bad one because I think we've maxed out our DVR. Oh, yeah. We're at the point where we haven't seen so much stuff on the DVR that it's appearing on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I just want to catch up on my Netflix. Can you oh, believe I'm yeah. barely watching Walking Dead, Sons of Anarchy? Yeah. And I'm caught up on a show called Peaky Blinders right now. That thing's pretty awesome. Stop What's watching. Uh, what is that? Yeah. Piggy Blinders is a show about like organized crime Netflix? in England at the turn of the century. Oh, okay. It's how many cool. how many series was Two it? Two seasons, only six episodes per but season. But it's from the UK? 
BBC America. Then it's a series, not a season. <coughs> there you go. Oh, fancy. Series one and series two. There you go. I'm just going to say that. Fancy Throw pants. it out there. If I've learned anything from Doctor Who and Sherlock. <laughs> <laughs> cool. What about you? What are your resolutions? Um, Just the standard stuff. I'm going to try to eat a lot cleaner this year. I mean, I've already started. I'll have. I'll pick my moments, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm obviously going to drink during the podcast, so why? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But you know, just kind of like you know, like raw foods, uh, less salt, raw sugars, foods? things like that, like vegetables sushi? and stuff. Uh-oh. Sushi? Yeah. yeah, let's go eat some sushi. Sushi's raw. That's true. I'm actually. totally in for that, sushi. Is that I'm in your too. in your little diet? Yes. Sushi's good. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Well, you got to pick. You know, it's time for sushi. Can't just be having rolls. <laughs> sushi. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't had it in a long time. I know, it's expensive. We're not all ballers like Mario. Right. <laughs> Why are we all bringing up my baller lifestyle all of a sudden? So you admit it, sir. <laughs> um, but, you know, stuff like that. You know, I exercise regularly, eat cleaner, stuff like that. So, mm. cool. Is Main- that kind of that kind of it? or? Yeah, pretty much. Maintain your Lamborghini clean. Yes. Yeah. My Lambo. If you're going to go get a detail, can you take my Tesla? <laughs> oh, sure. Have it washed? Cool. Of course. Cool. Bro, how cool would it be if I actually owned a Tesla? That would be awesome. Right? Would be awesome. Mm, I want to ride. Let you drive it. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> you get your you get your tongue on it and everything. <laughs> I don't want to lick it's it. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, just don't put your lips on it or anything. Oh, I'm not gonna kiss it. <laughs> just wanna drive it. All right. Well, I, know. I hope everybody's having a happy new year. Uh, if you do have New Year's resolutions, let us know. Put them up on the Facebook post or in the blog post for this episode. We'd love to hear what you guys have resolved to change or to better yourself with this year. Uh, again, I personally, I'm not a big uh, resolution type person, but Mario and Javier have resolved to make some changes. So <laughs> head over to podcasters.com slash episode 29 and just, you know, tell us what you guys think and what you guys have resolved for. And if you guys think me and Javier are full of it and you agree with Hazen <laughs> that New Year's resolutions are bogus, let us know hey, that too. That's yeah. okay. That's yeah. all right. If you guys feel like that too, let us know. <clears throat> we'd, we'd love to hear both sides of the of the spectrum. Here, I'm so. just not going to read it, but cool. Go ahead. Post whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> so much for that resolution. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was one of them, huh? <laughs> dorks. Um, hey, so I wanted to bring up something that's that's actually been around for a really long time. Uh, we were watching, uh, I was sitting down with, with my four-year-old, and we were watching Monsters, Inc. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of Monsters, Inc., he's like, look, Daddy, Jesse. When Boo is handing Sully the oh, toys. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he caught on to the fact that there was a Jesse doll. Mm, like, an appearance. In the movie. yeah. yeah. And it got me thinking, you know, of all the Easter eggs and kind of mm-hmm. like everything, like how the Pixar universe revolves around each other. And it got me thinking about something called the Pixar theory. Ooh, Pixar theory. Yeah. So I know we've talked about it a little bit in like kind of in a nutshell. What do you guys think of the Pixar theory so far? All right. Let me be honest. I think it's an interesting combination I like the way they're painting the story, but I think my obsession with that was just trying to debunk what they're trying to connect. <laughs> I spent a lot of time doing that, too. Uh-huh. What did you think? Uh, I'm going to agree that it's some of the stuff is a stretch. Yeah. It's I, a stretch. Yeah. But 
it is awesome. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will I will 110% agree with you that I think, especially towards the end, mm-hmm. like some of the leaps and bounds that they take are taking really huge mm-hmm. creative like mm-hmm. liberty with it. But in general, man, it just connects everything so well. Yeah, together. they're making it work. Yeah. And so. I think we found extra things that... <laughs> I think so too. Wasn't really in this quote uh, timeline yeah. uh, theory. And yeah, we did come up with our own theories. And like Javier said, we found a few extra things that just weren't mentioned. But uh, so we're going to give you this breakdown of what the Pixar theory is and how it just kind of ties together the entire Pixar universe. Cool. It sounds good. All yep. right. So the Pixar theory in general was created by a guy named John Negroni. And I think it was back in like 2010, 2013, or between 2010 and 2013 that he originally created the theory. Okay. Uh, some of the stuff I read was from back in mid-2013. So what was the last movie that came out at that time? Uh, mid-2013 was uh, Monsters U. Okay. So Monsters University was mm-hmm. right about that time frame. Oh, I was thinking it was Brave or something. Brave was the year before. Okay. So uh, July? 2012? No, June. It was like a year difference. June 2012? Okay. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, Monsters U was the latest movie there. So, so, yeah. So, the theory just kind of basically, in a nutshell, he tries to theorize how they're all connected with each other. And the theory started off as what he calls on his website, uh, quote-unquote, a a way to exercise your imagination. Um, But the theory just gained all sorts of popularity because there's all these like open-ended questions about you know the pixar universe like where's andy's dad and right. like all this other stuff so it's gained a lot of traction and the more pixar movies come out the more people begin to really look into this theory and they you know like we did they begin to speculate other stuff too mm-hmm. so uh before we even continue spoiler alert we will spoil some of these <laughs> movies if you haven't seen them <laughs> The theories do spoil the movies. So if you haven't seen, I don't know, Brave, um, The Incredibles, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2, Toy Story 3, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille. um, Ratatouille lives. uh, What's the other ones in here? WALL-E. He dies. (laughs) uh, A Bug's Life, Monsters, Inc., Monsters University. um, That's a lot of movies to tie in. that's it. I think that's all that's in the current theory. Oh, and Up. Okay. And Up. So, oh, Cars 1 and Cars 2. So, if you guys (laughs) haven't seen these movies, skip over that part. We'll tell you. Just don't listen to this episode. Yeah, why are you listening anyway? (laughs) (laughs) Go watch the movie. Come back. Seriously, this episode should just be called Spoil Alert. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it should. It should. Um, Anyway, so the timeline begins with Brave. Actually, okay, and uh, it, it it really does kind of s- he sets it chronologically as far as like on one single timeline. Okay, so in this case, it starts with Brave in medieval Scotland, right about the 14th to 15th century, and the part of this part of the theory explains why humans and animals are able to communicate, and it has to do with the magic that's in the movie. So in the movie, there's a witch that turns um, the mom into a bear. And that's where we just kind of find out that, you know, they behave like humans, they can communicate with humans. And yeah, you know, she turns back human because the magic was only kind of temporary. But there's another character that actually has a prolonged uh, stay as a bear, if not forever. Okay. Okay. So um, 
in this movie, you also see that the witch herself is able to move between places by using doors. So she basically disappears into a door. Um, that will actually become a pretty major part of the theory way down the line. Wait, like a TARDIS? Yeah, like okay. a TARDIS. So, Sweet. So that's going to be a big part of the theory. So hate we'll to, get to that later. I hate to say this. I've never seen Brave. Well, you should watch it. I want Stop to now. Stop listening now <laughs> and go watch it. All right. So you're literally just spoiling everything for me. Pretty Brave. much. Okay, yeah, thanks, yeah, pretty man. much. That's why I told you there's a spoiler. <laughs> so... Uh, that's going to bring us to right around the 1950s, 1960s, and this will put us in the world of Metroville in The Incredibles. And in this movie, we begin to see artificial intelligence and how Syndrome tries to fight the supers and how he programs the Omnidroid. And even Mr. Incredible just basically says, look, this uh, Omnidroid has become too good for its own good. You know, it's it, it doesn't need anybody to think for it. You know, and I know I'm paraphrasing. It's that's not exactly what he says. It's not a direct exactly quote. What he said. But uh, you do see how the AI begins to kind of turn right. on on everybody. Okay. Uh, after the Incredibles, uh, we land right about 1997, like mid 90s, and this is when Toy Story takes place. So, when Toy Story takes place. It introduces us to the idea that there's life in inanimate objects. In this case, just all the toys, mm -hmm. you know. And the theory behind, or the idea behind that the toys are able to move on their own, goes back to what Syndrome called zero-point energy. Okay. Where using the direct touch is kind of a side effect of the AI that he tinkered with in the 50s, where humans touch a toy and they gain life. They want to be alive and they want to be there for their mm. kid and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's where zero point energy comes in for the very first time. Um, one of the flaws in the story is that zero point energy kind of plays a part in Toy Story 2, but not really because Jessie was abandoned by her owner, Emily. But she still found life without an owner. Mm. You know, so in a sense, it kind of disproves the zero-point energy. Now, hold on. Let me see if I got this straight. Zero-point energy, they're trying to explain in this theory that just because the owner is around, that's what's giving that toy life? N no. From what I understand zero-point energy to be is you have to touch the toy to give it life. You're passing – it's almost like static electricity when you, like, are on a carpet and, like, you shock somebody. It's almost the exact same reaction. And you're saying the constant doing she, of that is what's keeping these toys the alive. The toys alive, yeah. But she's been touched, so it's not like she's going to die, right? If there's no human interaction, they uh -huh. eventually die. And that's actually brought up in Toy Story so 3. there's an expiration date on how long you stay alive. Kind of. Uh, it Like I said, it's brought up in Toy Story 3, which mm. is why Lotso fights so hard to get all the toys to Sunnyside or the ones that he likes. Yeah. Because at that point, you have an endless flow of children and you have eternal life for the toys because they're always loved. They're always played with. Okay. And I think at some point, I, I don't remember where, uh, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I don't even think they need to be loved. I think they just need to be played with. Hmm. And it might even have been something as current as uh, Toy Story Time Forgot, which was the most recent uh, Toy Story 
I don't want to say it was a short because it was like half an hour long, but yeah. uh, I think I think it's explained in that one that you don't even have to be loved. You kind of just get played with and mm-hmm. you just kind of have life or it's insinuated. Okay. You know, so. Um, all right. So anyway, so uh, in that movie, uh, right around, you know, the year 2000 ish, that's when Toy Story uh, 2 is taking place. You begin to see that the toys uh, begin to resent their owners. Jesse resents Emily leaving her behind because she grew up. She just forgot about her, mm-hmm. you know. And I know we had to go back and watch this clip again because I thought she lost her. Right. But then when we watched it, man, just straight out of the, the abandoned waterworks, man. man just boo-hoo. <laughs> uh, okay. So fast forward a few years and it takes you to Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in Finding Nemo, um, you kind of begin to see the intelligence of animals themselves. And you see this in the way that Marlin navigates the globe to kind of fight against humans to save Nemo. And, you know, he goes through, I mean, it's not just necessarily the humans that he's fighting. He's fighting nature and stuff like that. But he does fight the net and he does have to go through Australia and all that stuff to find Nemo eventually. Um, and at this point in, in Negroni's theory, he, he talks about this growing animosity towards humans because of the pollution and how, like, animals and fish in particular are captured and they're kept in bowls for their human masters and stuff like that. So um, he, he states that it's kind of this – it's the beginning of animals in general really rebelling against the human race in general i don't know what's going to happen with finding dory obviously i kind of know the premise because they've already told us what the premise is going to be but he talks a little bit about how dory's ability to like speak whale is this jump in animal evolution right but if i remember correctly it didn't seem like Dory necessarily spoke whale. It sounded like she was like, Donde esta la biblioteco? You know, like That's thinking you're Spanish. speaking Spanish, but yeah. you're not really speaking Spanish. Right. You know what I mean? It's kind of Spanish. Am I wrong or like? It's kind of Spanish. No, I mean, it's I'm not. Yeah, I get where you're going with that, but you still spoke Spanish. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but you, you see where I'm getting with that? But I get that? where you're getting. Like when she speaks She's speaking English words. She's just elongating them to make it sound like whale. Yeah. yeah. Well, in, in the like the whale sounds that you hear don't sound like English at all. The sounds that the whales are making sound like whale sounds. Right. Like if you watch the, like nature channels mm-hmm. or whatever, you hear them whatever. Right. But Dory's speaking English. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. just elongating the words. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I think the disconnect is. So yeah. I, I can see where he's going with the theory. And I, I can appreciate it because, I mean, she is speaking English, but it, it's not like there was like a translator installed in the movie and all of a sudden we could speak fish. Because why wouldn't we speak whale at that point and understand the whale and not hear the moaning? Well, you've seen Doctor Who. Well, yeah. And you know why we understand alien, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they're listening to the translation. <coughs> right. So but- I'm thinking that's exactly what's going on. She's speaking whale, but they are letting us in what she's saying through the English. But why aren't we understanding the whale? 
because they only need us to hear Dory. Yeah, I don't. Be- I don't. I don't subscribe <laughs> to that newsletter. I don't believe that either. Just because I think one of the follow-up lines is like Nemo's dad saying, "You sound like you're speaking upset stomach." <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> well uh i completely have forgotten about that line but yes that that is the case so yeah (laughs) i'm sorry but i don't subscribe to your theory on that one all right i get where you're going with it though Mm -hmm. but no i can't believe it either you don't even watch doctor who but i get where you're going with the explanation (laughs) i was siding with you on that part (laughs) what are you doing (laughs) well in in the theory Mm -hmm. uh this is kind of where the stretches begin, okay? Because from the the intelligence and the animal evolution that he talks about Dory having, mm-hmm. that's when we jump into Ratatouille. Okay. So in Ratatouille, we see how animals are now interacting with humans, but not directly communicating with words. And that's why I'm kind of saying, like, I get what you're saying about the translation thing, but right. if we could really hear them speaking, like you would have heard of the whale. Like we no, you would have heard, uh, you would have heard Remy. Instead of Remy pulling mm-hmm. on on Alfred's hair to get him to do something, he, he never just speaks. Told, no, he doesn't. He can't speak to him. Like he gestures to him, oh. and he basically pulls his hair and figures out a way to control his hands to make the food. Okay, so. Remy's intelligent enough to know what to do to control the human. So, again, it's the evolution of now the animal is controlling the human mm-hmm. and he's communicating to to a certain extent. So, okay. All right. So, I, I kind of buy that. that. Yeah. I, I kind of get it. And that's just, I get that based on the Dory theory. Mm-hmm. But again, why didn't I hear the whale? So, I feel like I'm watching Planet of the Apes. <laughs> that's funny. Um, uh, so almost a decade later, mm-hmm. we're now roughly 2010, 2011-ish, um, about 2009-2010, this is where Toy Story 3 takes place. And in Toy Story 3 is where we really begin to see the toys themselves, the inanimate objects, really rebelling. And Lotso, like we said earlier, just kind of like... I hate everybody and I hate all humans or mm-hmm. like older humans because they all just leave you eventually. Right. And that's why the daycare concept was so good because there's revolving kids. You mm. never have to become attached to a kid. You always get love. You always get played with. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is also the first time that we see um, a reference to B&L, the by and large. B&L. Yeah. What's that? In, in this movie in particular, B&L is the company that makes the batteries in Buzz Lightyear. Oh, uh-huh. Okay? So just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, about a year later is when the theory takes us to the movie Up. Now, in Up, the theory is that Up took place right after Toy Story because, first of all, there's a postcard from Carl and Ellie on Andy's like pegboard. Like he's got like a cork board and there's yeah. like a, a postcard from, from LA, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that means that Toy Story 3 kind of took place before Ellie died. Okay. Mm. Because if they're traveling at that point, she had to have been alive to have been traveling mm-hmm. like that. Now, um, I think in the theory, Negroni says that this is kind of the like the pinnacle of animal evolution where 
you really see the hatred towards the humans. Like it's it's not just um it's not just in how like Kevin hates Charles Muntz because he's trying to get captured, but how the dogs despise him because they he comes up with that like communication call. Right. And Doug is just kind of like that, you know, happy go lucky dog, you know, can do no wrong, but squirrel. Yeah, but the other dogs like hate him. They basically hate him. You know, so yeah. um he says that, uh, like I said, this is kind of uh, the pinnacle for like where animals are just like, that's it. We've had it with humans. Uh, ironically enough, just like you saw in or just like we talked about recently, the company that's threatening to take over the plot where where Carl lives is the B&L Corporation. Ha ha. Yeah. I don't get so, it. So B&L is the one threatening to plow his house down before oh, he that's flies right, that's up. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So... Now, this is kind of, I'm going to break away from the theory a little bit, and we're going to kind of, I want to insert a little mini theory that I came up with. Mm -hmm. Why does Andy have a postcard from Carl and Ellie? Could it be that Carl and Ellie are Andy's grandparents? Now, by the way, for anyone who's actually seen this and zoomed into that picture, we did the research too. We watched up again. We saw the address. Yes, it matches. It's the same people's first and last names. So this is where we're trying to figure it out and draw a conclusion. Correct. Um, I don't believe that that's the case. You don't why? think it's the grandparents? Well, it makes total sense. Like, why else would he have a postcard from them? Like, they're just like random old folks that he found? Okay, well, think about it. Do we not get their entire life from yeah. youth to the death of Ellie in the first 10 minutes? Yeah. Do you okay. remember when they tried to have children and they found that they couldn't? Mm. But was it that they couldn't or that she just miscarried? It could be that she miscarried. Like what if what if they adopted Andy's mom? All right, but if they adopted a child, why were they trying to save to take a trip? Mm, good point. So they were neighbors. Okay, let's go with that. Maybe they were neighbors. Could be yeah. neighbors. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they were just family friends. Yeah. True. But there is a connection. There's got to be some connection yeah. because why would well, Andy yeah, have he, a postcard from these old right. people on his wall? Could have so. been an uncle, aunt, I guess. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. It could have been like a great I, uncle or something. I wouldn't go with the neighbor theory only because why would he keep the postcard? You know, it yeah. has to be a family yeah. member, I would think. True. That one I can get on board with. I can't say that he didn't have family. There was people at the wedding, obviously, when they got married. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean... There's, I mean, there's a whole other subsection of this theory that you can just get into with Toy Story because the biggest question posed is, where's Andy's dad? Right, right. You know, like, what happened to Andy's dad? And we're not going to get into that part here. You know, we can put up links and stuff like that. But it, it's interesting because it now it feels like you can have all these backstories to all these characters and... It seems really plausible, like you said, Mario, that maybe they weren't just neighbors. Maybe they were like an uncle. Yeah. You know, maybe they were an uncle. Some form of family, for sure. Yeah. But to say they were grandparents, I I can't say. I I get it now. Like, when I first thought about it, it's like, oh, they're grandparents. You know, it makes total sense. But after you said that and you reminded me of the the part where they can't have the kids, I get that now. So, okay, cool. Um, Where are we now? Uh. 20, <coughs> about 2011 when mm-hmm. it takes place. Okay, so this next one is a huge jump because from now you're in the future. That basically takes you to Wally. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it takes you to Cars. 
Okay. Uh, in the theory, I think it jumps to cars because at that point, uh, right around 2100 or like 100 years, uh, so people are all shot up in the Axiom by BNL. And that's basically because uh, the world is just getting to a point where it's uninhabitable. And it's uninhabitable to humans. Mm -hmm. But again, remember, the AI has already been developed by Syndrome. And these machines have begun to think on their own, Mm -hmm. which means that they can build themselves into talking cars. Beautiful. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, as far as the cars are concerned... It seems that they kind of roam the land for about seven or eight hundred years, which kind of jives with the fact that the Axiom was up in space for about seven hundred years. Right. Okay. So obviously, if you're talking about the Axiom, you're talking about humans. In Cars 2, if you remember, there's like an oil shortage or something, and they're they're struggling for fuel and stuff like mm-hmm. that. If you have all this oil in all of these cars, and cars are the primary things inhabiting Earth... That means you have crazy tons of pollution, mm. which would connect with all the pollution in Wally. Oh, I like how this mm. is tying in. Okay. So if there's no oil, mm-hmm. there begins to be wrecks. They're like things just begin to die and mm-hmm. they begin to just rust and all that. They're stuff. running out of resources. They're running out of resources. Yeah. Exactly. So obviously the lack of all these resources leads you up to Wally. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so with Wally, it's like all these like centuries have gone by. It's not even like decades; like centuries have gone by. And I think in the theory, Negroni kind of puts it right about like twenty eight hundred or like twenty nine hundred, like you know the year twenty nine hundred. Um, that just leaves Earth in shambles. Wallies are deployed onto Earth to try to clean it up. And they all begin to die. So because even the no cars are in this story. At even, this point, even all the dead. cars are done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's no resources for them to survive. There's no yeah. oil. They lost that in Cars 2. And they just can't survive. So basically, Earth is uninhabited at this point. Or so we think. Mm-hmm. The Wallies are all deployed. And they all start doing their work. But they run on solar power. And eventually, that starts running out because of all the pollution. And... This kind of begins to tie back the whole syndrome theory mm. about the zero point energy and where is human interaction. Wally, yeah, where Wally doesn't necessarily have a human to touch, mm-hmm. but he collects human things. Right. And because he collects all these human things, he has that connection with the human world that keeps him alive. Mm. And regardless of whether or not he's got batteries or whether or not he recharges, the other Wallys didn't survive. But somehow he's managed to survive because of this connection. So, again, so far so good. Yeah, I'm liking you know, it. It's good. That makes sense so far. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this one, this jump that comes next, again, is kind of... A huge jump. The way it's kind of explained is that when Wally finally says, look, we can grow a tree, they plant a tree in the boot, right? Mm -hmm. According to the theory, the tree looks very similar to the tree from a bug's life. So a bug's life doesn't take place in the past, in between like Toy Story and up. It's actually way in the future. Mm. So that's kind of that was kind of a twist for me when yeah. I read it. And 
The reason he thinks it's in the future is because of how intelligent all of the bugs are. The fact that they've been able to create societies and, you know, buildings, communities, their own little bars to kick it at. And the fact that they're able to invent all these machines to make their lives easier means that they're an intelligent race. Does he say that they're also speaking English? That's part of being an intelligent race. Right? Uh, he doesn't directly say it. I don't remember. But I would assume it's part of the entire theory of them just mm. being an intelligent race at that point. So I, I buy the fact that, yeah, okay, well, maybe they are in the future. Maybe the bugs have evolved and now they're just, you know, they're, they're talking and walking like humans. Because mm -hmm. they do. They don't walk like ants. They walk like humans. You know, so um, that uh, jumps into, uh, I think, about 1,500 years into the future. And this is kind of where the, the biggest speculation comes to me, Okay. He wraps it up nicely at the end, but the biggest speculation that he talks about in this is that the bugs basically began to evolve, kind of like dinosaurs did. Like they started off as little lizards and they kind of evolved into these giant creatures. Mm -hmm. And that bugs and other creatures evolved into monsters that can talk and, uh -huh. you know, make their own society and make their own buildings. And okay, so. That makes sense. Okay. Right? And because they built their own civilization, it's it, it kind of goes backwards because in the sequel, in, in Monsters University, uh, Monsters University says that it was founded in 1313, which incidentally is also Disneyland's address. Um, <laughs> oh, it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, it, it says that Monsters University was founded in 1313, mm -hmm. and... That would mean that the monsters kind of restarted time. Mm. Like if you think about it, it's kind of like they restarted evolution for themselves. It's like 1313 13 after humans. Yeah, almost something yeah. like that. Like it's not specifically said, like right, AH right, right. or anything like that. Right, but right. it it sounds like they just kind of restarted their own calendar and mm -hmm. their own timeline. But it's all still within the the current timeline for the way that we're looking at it. So this is uh. After Wally, after Bugs Life, they are Correct. now way in the far future. Yeah, like in like in almost the year five thousand. Mm -hmm. All right. So, without humans to, and and again, this is kind of a stretch because if they're already acting like humans and they already kind of live their lives as kind of these like human like characters, like how can't how can't they find resources if if it's the same Earth and they did deplete all of the fossil fuels mm -hmm. that we originally had, they don't grow back, obviously. Right. So they needed to find their own source of energy. That was where the screams came in. Mm -hmm. So they find a way to power their society using the screams of children. Mm -hmm. Now, if there's no children right. because they've all evolved into monsters, how do the humans come into play? They're all time lords. <sighs> Yes. Yep. Monsters are time lords. The end. <laughs> Hold on a second. What? Nope. Don't speak. Time travel. <laughs> That's it. Time travel. Science. Yes. Thank uh, you for listening to this podcast. <laughs> no, no. Hold on. Wait a minute. You guys are telling me that Sully walks through a door and he goes through time. 
That's actually what the theory says. Yeah. The theory kind of insinuates that the doors are traveling back in time. So it's not another dimension. It's not another dimension. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're basically on the same timeline, but you're going back in time. And the way that it's kind of explained is, remember in, in, in Monsters, Inc., they're kind of told, like, don't touch anything. Don't come in contact with the humans. Mm-hmm. And... I guess there's the whole like maybe there's a butterfly effect that if you touch something or change something in the in the past it'll change the future. Maybe that's why they're told that, mm. and maybe that's why they're so scared to touch anything or <coughs> just mess with anything. So that's and, why when Sully ended up touching Boo, yeah, they went to the past and created University. Yes, they messed it up with the well, butterfly no, effect. University came before. Monsters but it came Inc. after Ma- Monsters Inc. Yeah, but no, the story MU the story. comes after Monsters Inc. But it's the tale of when Mike and Sully met in college, which, by the way, is a dumb storyline. Because if you remember one of the lines from Monsters Inc., I know where you're going with this. Mike yeah. Wazowski tells Sully, "You've been jealous of my good looks since fourth grade." Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yet, in the in that second movie, they They're barely they meet met, in, met college. in college. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. Time travel. There, There is some kind of, well, maybe that's how. Maybe yeah. they met in the fourth grade through a door. Time uh-huh. travel. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, by the time you basically get to the end of, of Monsters, Inc., they kind of realize uh, that they're able to power their society using laughter. Mm-hmm. not screams and that they get a lot more bang for their buck when they mm-hmm. capture laughter. So uh what about Boo? What about you know, Boo? That kind of that kind of leaves the question, what about Boo? Like how does she play into all of this? Well, Boo becomes aware that there are animals that she can talk to, that there are these creatures that she's able to walk through her closet mm-hmm. and just talk to, like interact with them and stuff just goes on with them. Doesn't that sound like the witch in Brave that can travel through doors and basically go wherever she wants? Oh, snap. Full meaning, circle. Meaning that the witch in Brave uh-huh. is actually Boo. Wow. And the connection is made when, because she can travel through time. Remember, Boo's door was actually demolished. It was it was run through the shredder. Right. And the final piece that activated Boo's door was around Sully's neck. Or, I'm sorry, on his clipboard. Yes. He had it taped on his clipboard. So whenever he connected that piece, he could visit Boo. But what if he took that piece out and made it so that he couldn't always see Boo? What if her goal was to find a way to get back to Kitty without her own door and that's why she travels through different doors through time and ends up in medieval scotland oh and that's why her obsession in brave is whittling those little like wooden creatures she makes that bear which kind of looks like sully mm-hmm. but then there's a carving on a piece of wood that looks a lot like exactly sully. like sully all right mm-hmm. and yes there's a pizza planet truck <laughs> which means that obviously the the pizza truck is the tardis <laughs> exactly it's not really the door. It's actually the pizza truck. Since it's in every single it's Pixar a, movie. That's the only constant in everything. Yeah. So. That I, is the answer, by the way. That the that the truck is the TARDIS? It, <laughs> I think that pizza truck ties that every single Pixar movie together. I don't know exactly how. 
But if it's in every movie, that is the answer. We just need yeah, to that's the find constant. out what it is. It's a TARDIS. It's a TARDIS. It's a TARDIS. Now, hold on a second. You're telling me that Boo decides to look for Sully by going through doors and just gets stuck in medieval Scotland. No, maybe she likes it. What if she doesn't get stuck and she's like, I, I like Scotland. I don't know if that sounded any good, uh, but I mean, like, it's Close pretty horrible. Enough. That was Irish. But <laughs> What's <she> it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ireland, it, never mind. No. But doesn't she get Scottish. reunited with Sully at the end of Monsters, Inc.? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, he completes the door when Mike kind of pieces it all together again. But he's not going to stay. But he's, yeah, like, what if he removes that piece and says, like, oh, I'm going to keep her there until I want to see her? You know, like, what if he's, like, greedy like that? You see what I mean? Like, oh, so she's so she, desperate okay. to see him because he's not completing the door. She can't go into uh, okay. the monster world. So she starts using other doors to get to Sully and never really gets to Sully, which is why she carves the little wooden placard because she's longing to see her buddy, Kitty. Okay. Here's a crazy timeline, though. If in the movie Boo, she's what, three years old? Mm-hmm. And now in the movie Brave, she's how old? Like, let's say 80, Old 80s, 70, yeah. 80. Okay, by now, wouldn't Sully be dead in his present? It's time travel, dude. No, he's dead. It's time travel. <laughs> you can go to whenever you want. Technically not born. Mm. Or is he? Because here's the other thing <laughs> I have. <Okay. laughs> time travel. <laughs> Monsters University was founded in what year? 1313. Disneyland's address. We're claiming that... We're claiming that monsters had the ability to travel through time? Well, so were, what if they originally traveled back to 1313 and created MU? What if they just started their own timeline? What if they're the original circle of time and not Boo? Well, wouldn't there be more monsters roaming the earth in the 1950s and so on? Well, that's what I'm saying. How do they travel through time if they're not roaming the earth now? But they're more intelligent than the species in the 1900s. That's... That's why that theory makes sense to me. That they reset the clock instead of going back. To yeah, that they the just said, like, you know what? We're just restarting our own timeline. We're just 1,300 years after monsters came to be and we evolved, we started our own university. Why? Because we're mm-hmm. intelligent. Yeah. A-H, after a human. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know any of that stuff, so they could have just restarted their timeline. Now, here's my other question. Hmm. We got to a point where animals and toys started to rebel against the human race, okay? Mm-hmm. We go back all the way to Remy controlling Alfred. Why is he trying to prepare delicious foods for the human race then? Because he's trying to prove that he's superior. By feeding them and satisfying them? <laughs> By showing that he can make delicious meals instead of the humans. But do you find out it's Remy? No, but I'm just saying that... So then he should have used Alfred as a hacking device. He kind of does. Yeah, for food. Yeah, but in general, he's basically trying to show his superiority. How about this is just the beginning stages of animals taking over? Why do toys still feel they need to die when, like, drop when humans are around? Zero point energy. But the humans are around... Because the because they don't humans will freak know. out. Yeah, they'll freak out. They don't want to know that the toys are It's alive. not time to take over the world yet. Yeah. Where do planes tie in? Well, you know, planes <laughs> don't really count. <laughs> when was that made? 
Yeah, it doesn't really count. It doesn't really fit in the timeline. Does does, does plane? I'm, I'm gonna say that go planes, parallel with cars. Yeah, that's is it what the I was same timeline. Say. I want to say that planes and cars kind of <coughs> on the same timeline. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't think it's separate. I think they all just kind of count as one bundled package. That was a theater movie, right? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Fire and Rescue was not. Okay. Uh, the first planes was right. Yeah. Uh, it's gonna be interesting though. Next or maybe this year, this I year. think uh, when Newt comes out uh if it's still gonna go out it's the the movie of the little like the newt there was another pixar movie that was gonna come out for that uh the good dinosaur is also eventually gonna come out Mm. hopefully and uh inside out which is the movie about all the feelings and how you feel inside and stuff oh i know that one so i wonder how all of those are going to incorporate into this theory and how they're gonna play into it Mm. It's interesting. I guess time will tell. Yeah. I like it. I I love how he just kind of took everything and just really smashed it all together into this little cute ball of Pixar. Maybe depression takes over the mind and they all get fat and then they go up in space. Or fear takes over and that's why monsters think that's a reliable source of energy. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Time travel. <laughs> but I get where you're going with that, honestly. Again, the fun that I'm trying to have here is trying to debunk everything that this guy put no, together, and you just can't. There's an answer to everything. Well, no, I mean we're coming up with answers. Whether or not it's the correct one is a different. But story, it makes sense, but, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Let's call him up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, well, what do you guys think of the Pixar theory? I know that there was a lot of stuff that we didn't mention. I know that the shorts weren't mentioned. Uh, you know, the shorts have to have some kind of play inside of the the theory, but they're not referenced. And if you feel like you want to put together that piece of the puzzle, feel free to. We'd like to hear what you guys think about it. So, what's the name of that short with the paper planes? Paperman. Paperman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to think, how does it tie in where paper starts thinking on its own? And putting those couples together. And more importantly, making people look like flat cartoons instead of 3D mm, objects. Going back. Dun, dun, dun. Time travel. <laughs> watch. I'm going to go back and watch that movie and you're going to see the TARDIS or something flying by. You're going to see... Uh, oh, the pizza you're truck. You're going to see the pizza truck driving <laughs> down, down at the bottom of the street. Um yeah, uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think about the theory. So leave your thoughts on the Facebook post for this episode or head over to pocketeers.com slash episode 29 and leave your thoughts, leave your theories. We'd love to hear them. So. All right, guys. Anything else you guys want to add? I'm trying to think. Don't. You're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Easter eggs? Oh, we didn't even get into the Easter yeah. eggs. Oh, that's a whole a other episode. Yep. That's a whole other episode, and I think we're going to have to start jotting them down. Because honestly, a lot of the Easter eggs answer some of these questions. I don't know if they necessarily answer the questions. At least in the timeline. It shows timeline. They're definitely fun, but I don't... In, in, in this specific timeline, some of them just don't make sense. Mm. So... But I think we're going to have to do just an entire episode on Easter eggs. Just Easter eggs, yeah. yeah. For Pixar. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. So if you guys have Easter eggs you guys want to share, 
please start emailing to us at comments at podcasters.com because we're going to have to start compiling these. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also leave them in the blog post. So head over to podcasters.com slash episode 29 and leave them there. Man, this is going to be so cool. <laughs> man, I love Pixar so much. Oh, man. After this, I totally fell in love with Pixar. Time travel. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I love Pixar before, but now that I've really kind of just connected everything. And this isn't even... This doesn't even um, reference all of the other Disney connections, like that Anna and Elsa's parents were in the wreckage that you see inside of the Little Mermaid, and all these other like yeah. movie connections. This well, is just within like, the Pixar yeah, timeline. Exactly, that would just be like the Pixar plane. Yeah. I think everything else is like Walt Disney Animation Studios, right? Yep. Yeah. So maybe we'll do an episode on those if we can find enough information. I'm down. So. And you know, it's it's interesting because. Pixar does get a bad rap from, like, a lot of people that they're not following, like, the Disney guidelines and stuff like that. But if you think about it, it kind of is in that sense where you can watch one movie and there's always something to go back and look at. You see what I'm saying? You have all these Easter eggs that are just going to make this, like, movie unfinished. There's always going to be something you're going to go back and try to spot or just connect and things like that. And I think that kind of follows, like, the way Disney does things, you know? Like, yeah, I really like it. You're kind of unfinished watching it. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Yeah. I like that. So what you're saying is we need to invest in several high-definition Blu-ray copies <laughs> of the movies because you're going to burn through them. That is exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, with the uh, invention of digital media, no longer do you have to put a flimsy disc into a what you call player. Mm. Yay. What? <laughs> I don't know. And you had no beer. <coughs> I know. By the way, do you want beer? No. Come on. Apricot. I don't know if you want Peach. Oh, I have my mind. I'm done. <laughs> Hanger 24 one. Here, look. I'll pour you a little bit. I want some, but no. Come on. No. I'm not going to succumb to peer pressure. Okay. Really? Yeah. Just that's where you're going <laughs> to stop? No, I'm kidding. I'm going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if there is nothing else, again, head over to bodkatheers.com slash episode 29. Leave your comments about this episode, your theories about the Pixar theory in general, anything you'd like to add, anything you've learned, and what your predictions are for how they're going to incorporate the theory into Newt, into uh, The Good Dinosaur, if those movies get released, and um, Inside Out. It's going to be interesting. So, all right, guys. Uh, You guys have beer to finish, and I have... Soda. <laughs> Anything else you guys want? Cough syrup. Cough syrup. It's a flaming mo. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to add? Again, guys, just up? happy new year, and here's 2015. Oh, happy new year, guys. Salute. So have a great year, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, here is to beers, cheers, and Mickey ears. Have a great week. Peace. Bye bye. Dun, dun, dun. Time travel.